Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It just seemed like a funny place to make a funeral arrangement. Well, I guess she would inherit everything he owned. Why did I have to hear about this on the news? Don't feel bad. Could happen to anybody. You'll make another two million the first year. It's also my problem to find somebody who might even have a motive to kill Mr. Wagner. You looking for something? Columbo, I'm gonna throw you out of here on your ear. I mean, you'll miss the best part. Kid Brothers' favourite podcast about LA's greatest detective. This week we'll be dipping a toe into a very unsportsmanlike murder, where the victim is truly put on ice. Yes, Season 2, Episode 3, The Most Crucial Game. And joining me for a bit of a ding-a-ling is Dan Thomas. Hello, hello. It's great to be here. You're my favourite, my wife's favourite Welsh comedian. I was wondering how... (laughs) She She loves you... Rod Gilbert, oh, as soon as I tell her, oh, she's going to be thrilled. She, she only knows two, but she loves you both. Spoiler alert, Mrs. Columbo did happen, but it would have been great if his wife was actually sort of, they could do a series where she was the one solving all the murders. What, like, um, oh, what's, what's the... Without uh, a my, clue. Without a clue, but mm. Mrs. Mm. Mrs. Columbo is the one who... See, why would she do that, though? Huh? Why would she... I, Columbo... Is clearly, especially in this one, actually, mm. he's, he is a genius. Yes. And Mrs. Colombo, I mean, I know they did Mrs. Colombo, but it's not really canon. No, not really. Because she was 37 years younger than him or whatever. Yeah. But he'd never solve anything if he had to go home every time. Mm. Yeah, okay, oh, I found some fingerprints. I just got to go out of the room for a little bit. And they hear his car pulling away. <laughs> and he comes back 20 minutes later going, it was the cleaner. That would have been awful for the Dagger of the Mind episode because you'd have had the car, then the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't get a ticket. I had to take the the yacht. 
Um, well, thankfully, yeah, he's basically the American Sherlock Holmes, isn't he? At this point, um, with these methods, well, he's not a forensics because the thing is, mm. Sherlock Holmes is quite holistic. He mm. knows everything about detection, whereas uh, Columbo's main superpower is yes, he sees clues. This is the basis that you learn in detective school, mm. but his main skill is knowing a cunt when he sees one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, although which I believe is the name of one of the episodes. Columbo, I know I can't want to see one. Yeah, of the last episode. It was the last episode. It was set in Merthyr. <laughs> With Brian Merthyr. Um, <laughs> so I, I should ask this question because I'm going to ask it to everybody. When did you first get into Columbo? I, do you remember when it was doing the run in the, probably the 80s? I think mm. it was because any time I was off ill, it would be on TV mm. at, at, after the news. Mm. So that's when I first started watching them. And then I think I was already into Columbo by the time ITV started playing the new Columbo mysteries in the early 90s. Yeah, I still haven't seen them. We'll get into uh, them. Uh, oh, really? Oh, you haven't yeah. seen it? Oh, wow. Different vibe. Mm. They look awful, but I did get the box set recently, so... Yeah, we both have the same box set. The same came in a cigar case. Yeah. That one, yeah. Yeah, it looks a bit shit, but... Never mind. <clears throat> oh, the Columbus. It's got 69 episodes of Columbo. How bad can it be? How many? 60, 69. Nice. I bet that's what Falk said. I gotta do sixty nine. Actually, he was livid. He was livid because towards the end of his life, he was like, "Come on, can we do one more?" I don't mm. think he. I think somebody told him what sixty nine meant. He goes, "Okay, I think we should do one more." I don't want. I don't want this to be my legacy. He wanted the last episode to be that he removes his glass eye and there's a computer in there. <laughs> that's why I'm so clever. Oh, I didn't know where you were going to go after that when we mm. covered 69. Yeah, I mean, it could have been anything, couldn't it? <laughs> I want Robert Culp's cock in my eye. Right, okay. <laughs> Funnily enough, they didn't. this network didn't go for that, whatever. I want you to call it Dagger of the Mind 2, T-O-O. <laughs> dagger of the Mind, dick in the eye. Yeah, dick in the eye. Uh, <clears throat> but talking of Robert Culp, he's in this one. Who's your favourite murderer? Uh, my, he's my second favourite murderer. Mm. My obviously my favourite one is um, Jack. Mm. Um, Same, but because um, I know that's how well I know him. Mm. Um, Robert Culp is my second favourite one because he, especially in this one, he's got the thing that we all think about. We we kind of I think we all have kind of false memories of Columbo of every episode being exactly the same. But actually, there's mm. a lot of variety. But this is very much it's almost a blueprint for for, for what Columbo was. So we have a crime. And we have the the criminal who thinks he's too good for Columbo mm. and gets really irritated by Columbo. Now then, it's always kind of variations on how angry they get, how quickly. Mm. Uh, Jack used to take his time. It wasn't until like the third act he'd be like, come on now, Lieutenant, I'm trying mm. to have lunch with my dog mm. or whatever. Mm. Whereas Culp is like, he already thinks like, oh, look at this ratty little fucker who's come in. And he's already very angry at him. And I think that's how, this is almost the way I remember every Columbo episode from yeah. my childhood. yeah. That's why I chose it, because there's there's many better than this. This is actually... I think it's it's very entertaining. There's a lot wrong with it. Even when I was watching it the other day again, I was like, all right, this is kind of bollocks. But well, it's very fun. It's one of those Columbo episodes where you definitely wouldn't stand up in court and he wouldn't go to jail. No, even I was almost like Robert Cobb's side by the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know I know he did it. I'm still like, I, get, I don't know anything about the law. Mm. I could get him off. Mm. Not like that. Well, either way. Well, either way. With that moustache, you do know. <laughs> I love his moustache in this, though. I mean, he looks great. Robert Culp always looks great. But... Mm. He was, he, the fact that he is able to, not to jump ahead, but mm. rock out a, a, a ding-a-ling ice cream mm. uh, 
uniform yeah. and look genuinely sinister in it and not like a twat. He mm. should look like a twat when he does the murder. Yeah. He doesn't. He looks very smart and sinister. Um, if you and I know, turned up in a dingling ice cream outfit, we'd look like twats, wouldn't we? Yeah. 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 I, I just <laughs> I don't think anyone people would piss themselves laughing. Yeah. Whereas this guy, there's a shot. Like I say, we'll get to it, but there's a shot where he comes up from behind a bush and you've got at the whole of 1972 LA behind him mm. and he's dressed in perfect white. He's got a little bow tie. He's wearing the glasses. He's got the moustache. He looks like... Well, he looks like a serial killer. He looks kind of... Not not the serial killer in school, kids, but no. he looks fucking cool. He looks like one of the Manson family. Yeah. Mm. But if, uh, if they the ran an ice one. cream business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which they may well have done if they'd have gone on another bus. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of going with Manson, they went with Walls. Then it might have been a different story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sharon Tate might have been given some ice cream. That yeah, they I and mean, maybe they spilled it on. That still made a mess. Yeah, oh, but yeah. Uh, Polanski comes you know. home. There's bloody ice cream everywhere. What have you been doing? Is this this better be chocolate sauce in a Walls? <laughs> Who's written pig on the door in '99s? <laughs> um, anyway. Culp plays a man called Paul Hanlon. He's the general manager of the LA Rockets American football team. I had to Google it, but they're fake. I, I thought it was fake because you just keep seeing that one logo on a blazer. And I thought, why do we keep seeing one blazer? It's because they only made one blazer. With that it's, logo. That's the thing. It's interesting yeah. to me because I it's still a relatively cheap show at this point. Mm. I just started watching Series 7 and the there has been a ma- massive uptick in in uh, uptick in um, the quality of it, whereas this is slightly shoddy, almost sitcom sets. Mm. Um, I mean, it's still wonderful, and this and there's some lovely cinematography in this one, but oh. it still looks a little bit cheap. This yeah. at this point, Columbo does. Well, they could afford Spielberg in the first series, so they can't have been that cheap. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm not sure they would have gotten by series four. No, David Lean directed episode in series seven, didn't he? No, no, he doesn't. Maybe no, not. no. Um, so Paul Hanlon, yeah, he he comes to work at the uh, the stadium, the big the big LA stadium, the Coliseum, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's this is one of the more ridiculous ones because he really mm. is. He would probably be I don't know that much about American football, but he would probably be one of the more famous people in North yeah. America. This character, mm. obviously not though. What well, he is clever, we'll get there, we'll get there because he goes to work, he goes up into his booth, he's got a booth overlooking the pitch. And he's got like a box attendant guy called Jimmy. And he says to Jimmy, take your girl to the theatre or go and get a beer. I don't need you this evening. That's not how he talks. <laughs> and Jimmy's like, thanks very much, sir. And he goes out of the room and goes, I'll go to the movies by myself. <laughs> so I've watched Trading Places, isn't he? He then rings Eric Wagner, who is Dean Stockwell. Who is this? His, is this his first appearance? Yes, because he's in another one. He's on the boat one. Troubled Waters, Ball. I think, is the yeah. Appearance. Yeah, that one. He's got the moustache and the big afro, but in this one, he just looks. He looks young. good in this. He looked yeah. fucking terrible in the other one. Yeah, he did. He did. But he's basically like a playboy, and his dad owned the team and other franchises, and he's recently passed by the sounds of it. Yeah. And so Eric's having the time of his life, living in it, the LA. The, when he calls him, it does that thing, which is which is a trope I really don't like. Where he he's got the bed sheets completely over him, and you just yeah. see a hand come out, hmm. reach into a drawer where he keeps the phone, yeah. and then he puts the phone back under the sheets. No one has ever done that ever. No, and there's silk sheets as well. So in L- in California at that time of year, it must be fucking 
sweltering under there. Do you know? I mean, they're thin. I've never, mm. I've never slept under silk sheets, John. I haven't either, but I'd imagine they're not like. I have. Anything. I've slept. I had an under sheet once. There was silk, mm. and I kept sliding off. Oh, there you go. So it's not practical. Well, you were like the beginning of uh, Jamie and the Magic Torch. You just slide down a hole and uh, go to a magic okay, land. Uh, without getting into details, it was something similar, and it very little grip. Mm. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you so, make a good point about the the heat. Yeah, I think it'll be too hot, but that's just me. Write in if you've got silk sheets and uh, <laughs> not like that. Please don't write no. in like that. No, don't. Just, no, just please tell do. us. Does it get hot in the summer in silk sheets? I imagine Does it, it get hot in the summer? Mind you, Americans live in aircon, don't they? They have it everywhere. They have it everywhere. But the thing is, also, he's. We sort of learned that he's been having a three-way in there all night. Yeah. Everything's going to need a rinse. Ugh, can you imagine? And I imagine it doesn't soak into silk either. It probably just collects it. It's really <laughs> like a big pool of jizz at the bottom of the bed. And Oh, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Jizz, sweat, champagne, Ribena. Vimto. Uh, and sand. <laughs> well, that would be Andy. Yeah, that would. Yeah, Andy's always full of sand. <laughs> <laughs> so, taking all this into consideration, Paul Hanlon gets angry and says, "Look, Eric Wagner, played by Dean Stockwell, go and have a swim." Oh God! And this is the thing. This is not a bright. This is not an ingenious murder. I'll say that about it because no. he's he's giving away so many clues. Can you please get? He keeps going. You in the pool? Why? No reason. Get in the pool. And then he calls him later. Going, I told you to get in the pool. It's like, do you know what? I'm starting to think you're going to come over and murder me in the pool. To be honest, well, especially as what we know later, he knows he's being recorded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so stupid. Tell you what, go and get in that microlite airplane I left for you. Don't get in yeah. that. <laughs> Are you in it yet? Go and get. There should go out on the deck. There should be. It says Dean Stockwell trap. But it's a big mouse trap, but for Dean Stockwell. Don't worry about it. Get in. Get in it. Are you in it yet? Are you in the big trap? <laughs> so he tells them to go and have a swim because they're going to Montreal that night to go and buy an ice hockey franchise. And he keeps calling him boy. And Dean Stockwell's like, you know what? I could fire you. So stop calling me boy. Yeah, and, he goes, and anyway, hockey's for penguins. Yeah, I don't think this guy... If We never really find out what the motive is. That's a good point. Um, but he just doesn't like him. I mean, Cobb no. just doesn't like him. Um, but doesn't, Which doesn't seem like a juicy enough motive, but let it go. Um, mm. He... Um, Dean Stockwell has no interest in the business whatsoever. No. And it's... Uh, this is Because Robert Cobb is like, oh, here's what we're going to do is, your father had the biggest business in the world... Uh, sports business in the world. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make you an extra two million a year if we buy this hockey thing. What the fuck does Robert Culp know about hockey? Nothing. Listen, you don't have like the manager of like I don't know anything about football. Hmm. But like no one who's a manager there would go. Oh, let's buy a hockey team. What do you know about hockey? I don't know. Fuck all. Well, the the, the Deadpool man bought a, a soccer team. He doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. But this guy is supposed to be in the sports business. Like, Robert Cobb is the GM mm. of this football team. He is. He, 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 that, why isn't he buying another football team? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Also, and this is a red herring because what? Because later on... Oh, actually, wait a minute. No, it, it doesn't make sense for the sort of the story, but not the murder. 
Like, I don't know mm. why he sets up this fake trip to Montreal. Is it part of the plan? I think, again, it's just so he can make a phone call to him and get him in the pool. Go rinse your balls. We're going to Canada. Yeah, we're going to Canada, and they hate smelly balls over there. You'll have, you'll get a Mountie. <laughs> no, that's not a euphemism. Just get in the pool. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it, like you say, there isn't a motive, because this, this lad's quite happy to just earn and stay in bed. So why do you need to... Bang, you know, knock him out. Yeah, there's nothing. Hmm. There's maybe a hint that, that Robert Culp wants to fuck Dean Stockwell's wife. But to be honest with you, <laughs> based on everything we see, I think he'd probably let him. Mm, I think he would. He's too interested in having these three ways. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. I don't understand it. But he does kill him. Because he then, after telling him to go in the pool and get a workout, he rings Rizzo, who's the manager of the football team, and fucking bites his ear off. He's like, yeah. ah, come and see me at half time, you prick. We're going to sort <laughs> this team out. He's like, okay. No one would like Robert Culp as a character. No. No, they wouldn't. I'd like his moustache. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoy him as a character you watch, but as a human being, imagine him to work with his... Be- He's got real musk quality about him. He's a mm. proper knobhead. Mm, he is a proper knobhead. Yeah. But apparently, we're told by everybody that he's an excellent... Organizer and manager and logistics man. So, but we know that's not true either because mm. the team is in a slump and they suck. Yeah, that's true. Every time they talk about the team, they go, "I was the first half, fucking shit." Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> he then tells Rizzo to come and see him at halftime. Hangs up as he's talking to Rizzo. He's getting undressed, which is nice. Then he gets redressed as a dingaling ice cream man. I do. Uh, this mm. is going to be a thing. That the whole thing. Uh, Robert Cole gets topless for this while he's changing into the dingling costume. Mm-hmm. And what I do love is, and every time I see this, it's like, how are these people always semi in good shape? Because we always see these characters, and we know that the actors were the same in the 70s, yeah. chain smoking and drinking whiskey. Yeah. Now, it's not like any of them got a six pack, but they haven't got a beer gut either. No. Columbo's just full of beautiful people murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. But I just genuinely, I don't know what was in the water back in the 70s that you could drink whiskey all day and smoke all day and basically look fine with your top off. I think it's just maybe people who live in Los Angeles. Maybe. Yeah. So he then goes off. He makes the very clever decision to leave his office during the national anthem where everyone would be standing up and singing and not looking. <laughs> yeah. Again, I can say... One of the more famous people in North America, mm. but you can't tell it's him because he's put sunglasses on. I mean, the moustache alone. If the moustache walked down the steps, you go, fucking hell, is that Paul? Mm. But he's got sunglasses on and he wanders past and nobody notices him. Do you think Musk does this dressed as um, the, the baddie from Mario Brothers? What's he called? Cooper? Wooigi, whoever he's called. Wooigi. <laughs> Wario. Wario, thank you. Yeah. Woo! You went to Wooigi before Wario. Know, That's amazing. I'm not a Nintendo person, sorry. <laughs> Um, Wario, yeah. Luigi, but Luigi <laughs> could be a bloke. He could be. He sounds like he's in the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah, keep that under wraps. Um, so yeah, he goes out, gets in his dingaling ice cream van, and he drives off. Now I, I don't know. Obviously, this is a new endeavor for you, so I, I, hmm. I, I don't know if you feel this is your role hmm. as the host of Columpod. Sure. But when, when, when a guest goes. What the fuck is happening here and how something <laughs> happened? I, my question is, mm. where? because, right, it's easy enough to get... So the, for, if you haven't seen it, everyone, the dingling costume is a white shirt, white trousers, and a black uh, bow tie. Now, those are mm. all accessible. Mm. 
you can get them. But then he opens the cupboard and he's got a dingling concession tray with all frozen goods in it that he's just be keeping his fucking cupboard. Where'd you get them that. from? I don't know if it is. I think that's a stadium concession tray. So he can walk through the stadium without anyone seeing. But where's he got that? He must have stolen it off of one of the people in the, you know, like selling the wolf's nipple chips and <laughs> otter's earlobes. All right, I'll take that. Hmm. That'll accept. Yeah. So he takes all that. Yeah. Although I do. The thing is, we know it's ice cream. It must be ice cream. Yeah, he does have a fudge to call later, doesn't he? Yeah, he's. Yeah. 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 No, it's been in the cupboard for days and stuff. It's not fucking frozen. Right, so he goes all the way to a van. He's mm. got a ding-a-ling van. Mm. Where the fuck has he got a ding-a-ling van from? It was always parked there because Colombo sees it parked there later. Yeah, yeah, but the ding-a-ling company has drivers that bring a ding-a-ling van. I feel... I'm saying ding-a-ling a lot it's right good. now and I'm it's very good. aware of it. Yeah. But there's ding-a-ling people bring their ding-a-ling vans on sports days. Mm. Where's he got his ding-a-ling van from? You can't rent a... You can't fucking go to Avis and get a ding-a-ling van. They do say that they do ding-a-ling at the stadium. They the do do ding-a-ling, yeah. but then every ding-a-ling has got its own ding-a-ling driver that's coming independently from the ding-a-ling, let's say, uh, foyer. I mean, he should have murdered the ding-a-ling driver and made it look Maybe like there's a bunch of dead... Di- if he... That would make a lot more sense. It'd be amazing if the clue at the end was like... <laughs> the clue at the end is, oh, you've got an alarm clock. Also, we found a dead ding-a-ling guy in your cupboard. Hmm. All right, I'll come with you, Colombo. But, yeah, if he murdered a dingling guy, there is no way that he's rented a dingling. He may have bought one. He can afford to buy one, but then there's going to be a record of him buying a dingling van. I mean, the dingling's the problem, isn't it, really? The it's, thing it's is a big problem because the thing is, it's just awful because the thing is, he chooses as his murder vehicle hmm. a, a vehicle that is literally connected to where he's come from. And shouldn't be where he's going. Any, no, and shouldn't be where he's going. Mm. If he'd picked literally his own car, would have been less conspicuous <laughs> than a fucking dingling yeah. van. All he needed, and then you go, oh, how am I going to transport a lump of murder ice? Mm. Oh, I don't know. Get a fucking amper. Yeah. Save yourself a fortune. Or a cooler. Get a cooler instead mm. of a fucking dingling van. Yeah. If he, you're right, if he'd have used his own car, there's absolutely no way, apart from the phone call, there's absolutely no way they'd have linked him to it. What? F- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he stops to make a phone call to say, you in the pool? And Dean Stockwell say, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the pool. I'm, I'm going to do 20 laps. And uh, screw it, a burp there. And um, he's like, oh, good. I was, I'm still in the booth watching the game. And he's holding up the radio to the phone. Which definitely wouldn't sound like a real thing. This is the second episode where Robert Culp's used something like a recording to make it look like he was in a place. And, and the- I don't buy it. First one was that the one where he, oh that's right the first one was when he's given a lecture isn't it yeah and he play, plays a tape recorder because he'd yeah. go and if you look carefully at this slide <laughs> you all right yeah. in there are you all right in there anyway we'll, yeah. we'll get to that episode one day um, yeah also I wanted to point out that Eric Wagner is having a swim in his lovely pool yeah he's got a necklace on of an owl that looks like it weighs five tons. Yeah, he's got that. Also, he smokes in the pool and dives in with a fag, comes back out, and the fag's gone out. He looks fucking great, though, doesn't he? With his aviator glasses on and all that. He does look great. Or the taxi driver glasses or whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I reckon I reckon if he hadn't have got killed by the ice, he'd have gone under and that necklace would have taken him to the bottom and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> are you in the pool? Yeah. Are you wearing the necklace I gave you? The one with the anvil on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
put it on. We're going to Canada. People in Montreal love anvils. They um, fucking love a neck anvil in Canada. Oh, yeah. So he gets out of the phone booth and a little girl turns up who sounds like she's 50. I like my ice cream. I think, I think this is looped by a woman who's at the studio. Yeah. And he just drives off. Which is, I assume this would be a clue that came back. Mm. Nope. I mean, that's a witness mm. that is not mentioned again. She is mentioned, but... Oh, uh, is she? Yeah, they say that the, the some girl wanted an ice cream and the ice cream wouldn't stop for her. And then he's like, and I checked and they don't come to that area. Oh, is that... Is that <laughs> Which leads us logically to believe that that girl... Failed to get an ice cream and phoned it into the police. Phoned the police, yeah. It's like when they didn't have KFC that time. What a little Karen. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he then drives up while um, Eric's swimming in his pool. As you say, stalks through the bushes. I love cool this bit. Fun. It's very Hitchcockian. It looks fucking yeah. cool. I in, I did watch... Um, I watched the sequence again earlier. Mm. And... So he comes out of the bush, looks cool. Then there's a close-up of his feet as he walks across the glass, mm. uh, the grass. And then there's a shot of him reflected. So you can see LA and the pool, and he walks across. Now then, within the sequence, it looks really cool. But actually, mm. just him looking menacing, walking very slowly across the camera, it looks insane. Yeah. Because he's got a little creepy face on. He's got a very little creepy face, and he's holding a big block of ice. And he's holding a block of ice, like, oh, yeah. this is a wrong one. And Eric's like, hey, Paul, what are you doing here? And he gets out of the pool and Paul smashes his face and head with a block of ice. And it goes slow-mo. Oh, and it's, mm. it's, so you get shots of underwaters. And it, yeah, you, the murder is in slow-mo, which is unusual for a Columbo, mm. I think. Mm. Yeah, and he just goes to the bottom and the, the owl necklace just takes him right to the bottom. <laughs> and uh, he drowns. And then Hanlon goes back as quick as he can. Oh, also, he notices he's got footprints in the thing. Now, this has always bothered me because yeah. it's really fucking hot. And if you've ever been on holiday and left a footprint by a swimming pool, when you look back a second later, it's gone. Yeah. So he makes it, he compounds it by spraying water, which, by the way, would also be gone within five minutes. Yep. Uh, but don't worry about that. And even if it's not, if it's so cool that the water hasn't evaporated, because mm. this will be a clue, this is Columbus first clue. Yeah. When he when he drinks chlorinated and floor water, yeah, and he goes, "Oh, this is a murder!" Also, and everyone's like, "Mate, if you're drinking floor water, maybe we don't give a fuck what you think." Yeah, maybe um, maybe you're really going for that tramp angle. Yeah, it's off. a bit much now. Yeah, um, but yeah, the water would have evaporated, which is the big clue because he leaves footprints there and he sprays them off with a hose. I know he had a party last night. I just ate some leftover pizza from his bin. Why? <laughs> <laughs> And, and I just uh, I just ate what was in the ashtray. What is wrong with you? Yeah. I downed it in one. Big issue. Stop it. Stop um, it. Yeah, so <clears throat> Hanlon gets back to his room just as Rizzo, or after Rizzo comes in for his half-time dressing down. And then Hanlon steps down and goes, you know what, Rizzo? He acquiesces and he goes, you know what? You coach your way. I'll stay out of it. And then we're all happy. Yeah, he's not... A lot of the Columbo villains... Hmm. Are very good actors. I mean, mm. I, I mean, I mean, the actual characters are very good actors. Mm. This guy's thick. Mm. He's, he just changes. He has no idea of how people are going to react to him because um, he does have these sudden mood changes. And Columbo's like, "What?" Mm. Everyone's like, "Fucking hell!" But he does react very well when he finds out Eric's dead. Though. Yes, that is his mm. best piece of acting as a character. Yeah, because yeah. usually that's where people fall down, and Columbo's like, "What the fuck?" 
they're usually like, oh, that's a shame. Anyway, could you go now, please? I'd like to sharp. I'd like to put this gun back in the cupboard. Yeah, and then have a big smiling wank. You still here? Just, just, just stop wanking for a minute, sir. I'm just, I'm just. Oh, it's, it's not because I'm happy. It's because I'm sad. I'm having a sad wank about what his name dying with this, this gun. Not this gun. Another gun. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes I say silly things when I'm having a big wank. That was the Richard Burton episode, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now this bit reminded me a bit. Do you know that bit in Goodfellas where um, the the they've taken control of that nightclub and everyone's wearing the yellow jumpers? <laughs> yeah. This bit reminded me of that because every policeman is listening to the football game and no one's paying any attention. And even when Clumber's been told things, he has to stop and listen to what's happening in the football game. Yeah. I enjoyed that because the doctor, who's the doctor, he's this guy's played the doctor a few times, hasn't he? Um, he's he's just like, oh, why are you late? I've been waiting here for ages. It's just a simple accident. He's probably fallen off something and banged his head and drowned. Very sad. I'm going now. <laughs> and then Columbo, as you say, has seen the water. He tastes it, tastes the pool water, and then he knows it's been a moider. Yeah. This is also, something I spot in this that would never happen anymore for a mm. couple of reasons. One, you wouldn't have a main character who smokes as much as Columbo does. No. One, because of the health implications, but also the production implications. This, the length of his cigar mm. in this scene hops about quite a lot. Yeah. That's why people don't smoke much anymore, because it's, it's, uh, it's a continuity nightmare, and it's in full flow beer. It's probably that when he inhales, it shrinks. When he exhales, it goes back to its normal size. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's effectively his lung, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think when he's when he's sad, it flops. It's yeah, it's like one of those party uh, blower things. Yeah, yeah, or, or an orca's tail fin. Yeah, mm. they're going around Sea World with big floppy cigars, aren't they? <laughs> Very sad. Um, but he also finds out there's no servants, which they usually are, because they were sent home because there was a big party the night before. And he also gets his shoe wet, which is a running theme. Which yeah. leads to a running... I don't know if that was an ad-lib, but the rest of the... This is one of the Columbo episodes that has a B-plot. Yes. Which is Columbo has a wet shoe. He has a wet shoe. Apparently, I read today that the... Uh, the um, Apparently, the shoe ad-lib was definitely an ad-lib when he asked the guy what shoe. Apparently, Peter Folk used to like to do that to keep people on their toes. This is the interesting thing. I've mm. read a little bit about Columbo recently, and apparently Peter Folk was a bloody nightmare. Yeah. But... I don't care at all because it's incredible television. Yeah, imagine working with them. So he used to he used to try and fuck up, not fuck him up. He used mm. to just like to ad lib. So there's a lot. There's a couple of times, at least two scenes in this where he goes, "Maybe it's a question. Where'd you get those shoes?" Mm. But I don't know if the the this first scene by the pool where he, he like a like a twat actually yeah. walks down some steps and just doesn't realise that the water level is approaching and puts one foot in. Yeah, I, I again, I think that might be on purpose just to. Have the shoe B plot, yeah, which which is entirely him. Good, just it sounds like it was Peter Falk's plan the entire time to have yeah. wet feet. Yeah, just so he could keep going on about it. He asks two people in this where they get their shoes from, which is fun. In a very different style of acting as well. Yeah, um, so he's he's already he's already clocked this was a murder. Um, so we find out there was a party the night before, and Eric and Eric's wife was out of town. And the servants were told to take the night off. So Columbo suddenly like, I want full pictures and prints. And then he says he's going to go and see Paul Hannon. 
and he goes to see him and as we mentioned before Hanlon's reaction is very good mm. he's like ah oh, bloody hell anyway um, <laughs> better than that I just yeah, want to be well, clear yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a huge one uh, he tells them I'd own. love it if you'd have had the opportunity to be the Columbo bad guy oh I, don't, I fucking love that and like oh no your, your accountant's just been murdered ah bloody hell anyway yeah, yeah exactly I'm, anyway I'm going to do an episode of a podcast Columbo I'm trying to have a wee could you um, leave me alone please yeah but sir you're still in your office yes a problem yeah <laughs> wife is in Acapulco so, um, and he'll notify her about what's happened he then goes to see coach Rizzo and Rizzo's like you know what he was pretty good he was a, he was a good kid he was always in the gossip column but you know uh, he, he was sowing his wild oats this is a very long scene mm. um, with the coaches of, who's a very good first of all he's called Rizzo which mm. is a tricky for me because every time I think of any character called Rizzo it's, it's Rizzo the Rat from yeah. Muppets Christmas Carol I imagine anyway. that coach Rizzo is Rizzo the Rat <laughs> yeah. mm. thanks for uh, making me a part of this Columbo <laughs> you're not Columbo because he thinks it's Gonzo no I actually yeah. am Peter Falk's in a Muppet movie of course is he? he's in the great Muppet caper yeah is he? which I assume mm. you'll be doing at some point then yeah should do that'd be fun just you love Muppets, don't you? I love Muppets. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, but this scene, this is, mm. first of all, it's, I love scenes like this, which is it's it's just two really good actors talking mm. for about four or five minutes. Yeah. Yields, I would say, no real clues. No, he gets to have a dig at him about the football team, though, which I enjoyed because mm. he says he was really cross with me, and then at half time he was fine. Oh, that's Fox, the only clue. That's yeah. the only clue, yeah. And Fox's like, that's weird because you were losing, weren't you? And Rizzo's like, oh, fuck you. <clears throat> yeah. But he says, I can, I, can't th- I can literally not think of anyone who would want Eric dead. That's what Rizzo says. 
Apart then, from mm. jealous husbands, mm. anyone outraged. he owes money to, drug Humili- dealers probably. Humiliated chefs, outraged tailors. <laughs> or might be the other way around. Um, <clears throat> but then he goes back to Eric's house and we meet Walter, Walter Cunnell. Another great actor. Another big bald man. Dean Jagger. Yeah, he moves like Dean Jagger as well. Because <laughs> he is. Is he mixed dad? No, he's not. No. Before anyone else. Um, but that's when we get the ad lib about the shoe. And then Hanlon comes out and is basically like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to take any calls. I, I will I say this. Mm. I, I, this is more of a general question. Mm. He asks everyone, or he asks a couple of people where they got their shoes from. And every, if I would ask you right now, mm. the shoes you're wearing, where'd you get them from? Would you be able to answer? Yes. Really? Yes. Are you wearing... All right, where'd you get your shoes from? Shoe. How, how much did they cost you? <laughs> 60 pounds, Lieutenant. Wait, are these new shoes? Yeah. Oh, well, that's not fair, is it? Well, you asked. All right, but generally, if, mm. if you ask me what shoe... This, I don't know where I got my shoes. It was fucking months ago. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, I think so, but okay, mm. well, um, congratulations on your new shoes. Thank you very much. They're very nice. Um... So, yeah, Hanlon's really evasive, which, again, is making Columbo think twice about things. And also, we get an important clue here, don't we? Because the secretary... Secretary? <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> the secretary picks up a phone, and the radio starts interfering. I don't mean yeah. it touches her. It just starts going... <laughs> and Columbo's looking at the radio. God, that'll be an amazing case. So, let's just get this straight, Columbo. Yeah, what is it, boss? You've decided that this is a murder, despite looking not like a murder because of there's some damp flooring. Mm. And now there's there's a radio that's touching girls. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You need to take a fucking holiday. You don't see your wife enough, I think. I think that's true. I'd like to, I'd like to see how they put that on the screen, a radio interfering with women. It'd be a little bit like a porn version of the Brave Little Toaster. Yeah, I'm thinking... The horny little radio. I'm thinking like Fritz the cat, but with a radio instead of yeah. a cat. Yeah. Like all the women in Columbo have suddenly got their tits out all the time. And he's like... <laughs> Peter Falk would have been a good Fritz the cat, actually. He looks a bit like him. Uh, but yeah, so... <clears throat> uh, Hanlon's like, well, I, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I've got to go. And he leaves, so Columbo follows him. And he goes to the airport. He sees him taking a call at the airport. So, how come he couldn't take any calls back at the house? What's going on? And then this like, is this is one of the things I do love about yeah. a, a period shows is mm. it, you forget what a difference mobile phones have made to the universe. Yeah, it's like okay, I got to make a call. I can't do it here. I'll just nip up to the airport. Yeah, so funny. But he this at this point, Hanlon is getting like, and this is what's great about Culp is he's very good at being pissed off. Yeah, oh, he's fantastic. Oh, he's my favourite at getting pissed off because at this one he is so pissed off that he's followed into the airport. And then they walk down that walkway at the airport, which I think's the same one from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, isn't it? Or Jackie Brown, one of the two. Oh, okay. With all the coloured walls as they walk past it. I'm probably wrong on both counts. I do. Well, they haven't painted it since. They might not have done. Maybe it's a thing everyone likes. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? I'm wrong. I'm have, you ever wrong. Been, have you ever been to LAX airport? Uh, yes. What a shit all. Yeah, it's really bad, isn't it? It's just, it's smaller than Cardiff Airport, it feels mm. like. It's shit. Anyway, I don't want to complain. But it's got that sort of Buck Rogers looking terminal thing, hasn't it? The outside looks nice. Mm. The inside looks like, I don't know, just services. Yeah, it does. 
It's true. If you haven't been to LA, everybody, that is true. But then airports in general are shit, aren't they? Skipple's a good one. That's what? my favourite airport. I don't know if you've got a favourite airport. That's mine. Skippo? Skip- Skippel. What the hell's Skippel? It's in um, the Netherlands, isn't it? Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 was, on a, I was stuck there for about <laughs> 12 hours once, and it was fine. All right. Well, there you go. So I, I have I have a favorite airport. LAX is my worst one. They probably would they show you pornography and give you jazz cigarettes. Well, I was eleven years old, and they yeah. sold me a silk tie with Mickey Mouse on it. Is what they did. Yeah, probably had cocaine inside it. <laughs> you probably. Well, had, I must dig it out. You're an unwitting drug mule. Is what you are. <laughs> when you got to England, did someone say this is a nice dye? May I have a look at it for a moment? Well, I went to Wales, but uh, no, no, nobody, nobody tried to take my tie off me and take cocaine off my eleven-year-old neck. This is a nice tie. I'd like to have a look at it, please. What was that? That was a Welsh accent. No, no, no. It was. Oh, it's a nice tie, like I'd like to take it off you. Where are you from? From fucking Barry. This is a lovely tie. I'd like to take it to the Varleys and have a look at Fuck it. Fucking hell. This is like Gaza doing a Welsh accent. Anyway, Hanlon's livid. And it mm. turns out he's chartered a private plane for, for Eric's, late Eric's wife. No, that's not right, is it? Dead Eric. Dead Eric's wife. And, Dead Eric's um, alive wife. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> it's not like John Peel. Yeah. And that was Dead Eric's alive wife. With apple gravy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he's, he's like, well, if, if you must know, Lieutenant, I'm picking up a widow. And she's all <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> And Columbo's like, oh, I feel a bit bad about that, but never mind. Um, oh, he also says to Columbo, it's probably some hippie chick he had at his party who murdered him. And he's like, well, that's that's the thing, shall we? Contacted everyone at the party and they've all got alibis. I do have a... He doesn't say that. Mm. He doesn't say that. Oh. If he'd said that, that would make sense. Mm. What he says is we interviewed everyone at the party and there was no leads there whatsoever. Oh, yeah. So you've just flat out believed everyone who's at the party that yeah. they didn't kill him. But the fact that there's some slightly damp water has gone, fucking murder. Yeah, even the guy covered in blood, but he said that was a nosebleed. So, <laughs> so it's fine. This is what, it is a badly written episode, but it yeah. doesn't matter. No. That's the thing is that you can get away with it, can't you? Because we know who done it. So it yeah. doesn't matter. You I can... think there's an aspect of us. I think if we weren't talking about it on a podcast, we'd be watching it a lot more passively. Hmm. But because it is, we're digging in and going... This doesn't make any sense at all. No, no. But um, he tells, yeah, after he says that, Clumbo says, and also, sir, um, that when they, uh, he says that the dingling truck was spotted next door by a little girl. And he's like, so? And he's like, oh, you know. So then Hanlon, he says to Hanlon, look, you know, I'm sure you understand. Hanlon goes, it's okay, I, I, I understand. At this point, everybody's a suspect. And he's like, I'm so pleased you said that, sir. And he says, well, I was in my box and I made two calls from my box and, you know, I wasn't out. He's like, fair enough. <laughs> so then we cut to nighttime Eric Wagner's house and a fat man in plimsolls is, is wandering about. At one point, a dog comes up to him. It's just like, all right, and then yeah. walks off. I don't even fucking work here. And then he's off. Yeah. I assume that dog was the house dog or what was the dog doing? Because it literally just follows him and then just goes, see you later. Is it a shitty guard dog? Or it's, I think like... it's supposed to be a guard dog. Maybe it's a hippie dog. It's not Columbo's dog. It's not Columbo's dog, no. I think it's a hippie dog. I think it's a dog. It's one, of those, one of those hippie dogs. Yeah. 
You know, you sometimes see um, dogs with pipes. Yeah. <laughs> Playing cards, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, This one's like got a doobie and bead necklaces. <laughs> and and was a... Oh, actually, you just described Prince Harry. So, I, have, uh, I have. The bit dog. Sat- bit of satire there for you, everybody. Well, just a bit of, uh, you know... Just ditch the show immediately, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Well, so does Robert Cole's moustache. That didn't stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this this guy goes in the house. I do like this because the thing is, in Colombo, there's often there's never a twist within the show. Mm. It's very much like, okay, this is what happened. This is how Columbus solves it. This is like, oh, this is a proper like twist in the tale. Yeah. He basically knocks over everything as he comes in. By he's the way. a shit private. He's, he's very public private eye. This dickhead. Yeah, he's great. Dobbs. And uh, he gets to the desk and he's just about to touch the phone and Columbo, light on, turns around like a Bond villain in a swing, swivel yeah. chair and says, uh, fuck you, motherfucker. He doesn't yeah, say that. He no. doesn't say that, but no. his attitude does. Yeah. I have to say for the rest of the episode, the, the, the lovely, quaint, putting it on but still acting gormless Columbo isn't mm. really in it. He's no. quite a vicious little fucker in this oh. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. In Especially a gentle here, way. He's like... Uh, it's okay, it happens, it happens. He keeps saying that. And the guy was almost like, like, who's told you that I can't get an erection? Why does he keep saying that? But he's referring to the fact that he's put the bug in wrong because he noticed earlier on when someone was on the phone, there was radio interference. He said, it happens with my wife's hairdryer and possible, possibly vibrator. Also, I've had the bitch bugged. What? Yeah, Nothing. Yeah. I've put a bug in her bum. <laughs> Terrible. Not like that. Don't listen to it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Ralph Dobbs, the private investigator, who's been hired to remove the bugs. And Columbo instantly thinks, well, that's Hanlon, because I told him earlier I was going to go back and give the house a thorough search. And the PI's like, well, I can't tell you. And he's like, well, I'll have to charge you with being a burglar and unauthorised wiretaps. And just and just at that point, you think he's going to tell him, but he doesn't. And then Columbo goes to bother Hanlon at a game of basketball pros who live round here and like to work out together. Yeah, now it turns out they're real guys. Yeah, apparently they're um, proper basketball. I did see their names, but I don't know who they are, so I didn't bother writing it down. Well, no, I don't know that much about 1972 LA basketball. Ken Ken Sprocket Jones and Leafy Jumpy Smith and Folly Cragduck. Go on, do one more. Uh, Spring Jefferson was there as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, Jumpy's 2, the sequel. <laughs> His full surname was to the sequel. It's, it's, uh, it's Dutch. Jenkins. Jumpy to the sequel, Jenkins. That's right. <laughs> and I got questions for all of you. Where'd you get them shoes? JB Sports, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine, man. None of you did the murder. Yeah, um, yeah. The murderer could not have had shoes. What? I am. Um, it's my last day in the job. I don't know what I'm talking. Oh, about. I've got dementia. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, and he tells Hannah, "Look, I don't mean to interrupt your game or bother you, but the thing is, yeah, ha- Eric's house was bugged, and we've also just found out your office has been bugged for the last two weeks. So now we know it wasn't Hanlon, and then we go to Eric's house to see who it was. It was bloody Walter who's done all this." Dirty boy. And then as they're about to go in to have a kind of Poirot listening to things session, he stops Hannah and goes, just one more thing, sir. Um, the, the uh, Bad news. And he goes, what? And he goes, um, 
the dingling. I spoke to the dingling people. And, uh, <laughs> they, they don't usually service the uh, Wagner area. They they do operate out of the Rocket Stadium, however. So it's uh, we need to clarify your alibi. And he's like, yeah. well, well, I was in the thing, you know, so fine. This is the bit where, where mm. out loud on my own in the house, I went, you thick prick. Because mm. there's no reason for this to happen. No. No. It's giving clues for no reason. Terrible murderer. Terrible, awful. But this is the bit that makes me laugh. Is they're then going to listen to the tapes, right? We hear, because we're the audience, we hear the phone calls from earlier. And then um, he Hanlon goes, oh, did you happen to make a note of when the call was taken? And he's like, oh, yeah, my note says 2.29. And he goes, well, I've got to thank you, Walter, because you've given me, you've proved that I was in my booth. And, all, and then they, and then um, Shirley, Eric's widow, says, we've been sat here for three hours listening to these tapes. Three hours <laughs> listening to phone calls. Can you imagine how boring that must have been? Uh. Well, if it's Dean Stockwell, yeah. I bet it, bits of it were quite saucy. Mm. But you think he was ringing sex lines and stuff? Well, I don't know sex, I just just women. Yeah, it's true. Going, All right, I fucking fancy me saying things like fingering <laughs> or whatever or bumhole, bumhole. Hello, hello, bumhole. <laughs> then we hear him talking about a chick. And we get oh, and, uh, Hanlon go, um, um, now I think of it, the word chick. Um, this is mental dialogue. What he said, I wrote it down. What he says go is, on. oh, you know, it took me a second to connect with the word chick. What is that collection of words? I thought you meant a baby chicken. I thought you meant a baby chicken. I was here. Yeah. Rotisserie, I heard rotisserie, and but and he, and he comes up with the shit excuse, which is what it was. Was so what? What the debate on the, the dialogue is? Dean Stockwell on the phone goes, oh, it's something like, "I want to thank you for hooking me up with that chick." Chick, yeah. She brought her younger sister, which, mm. but anyway, yeah. And, and then Copper Cop goes, "Ah, oh, that's probably the cleaner." Yeah. I said he needed a cleaner, and I was definitely like. Oh, have you got any underage siblings? Maybe they can do the chimney like it's Victorian England. <laughs> and that's the cover ah, story. I remember now, it wasn't the rotisserie chicken. It was it an was... actual woman housemaid. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, my mistake. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Everyone's okay. <laughs> Apart from Columbo, who's like, I don't know, this seems suspicious. It's like, yeah, it is on this one. I wasn't with you on the on the water by the pool, but this one is this bloke's definitely acquiring young girls yeah. for dead pests. And I think he might be mentally ill. Just so you know. And uh, yeah, the fact and, uh, I think it is I mean I'm sure you'll get to it, but there's that episode the um uh last salute to the Commodore, which has got some oh. absolutely which I know is your worst episode. Yeah. But it's got some choice shit dialogue. But oh. I would say within the whole Canada Columbo Oh, it took me a second to connect with the word chick mm. is maybe a shitty bit of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's funny. And then Shirley's like, well, we've established that Paul had nothing to do with it. Paul's my lovely friend. And you, Baldy, Walter, you're a prick for bugging everybody. <laughs> so get out. Everybody out. So then the next day, Columbo goes to meet Dobbs at a cafe and says, look, who helped you do the bugs? You can't have done it on your own. And then we find out that he had an operative called Eve Babcock. Yep. 
Uh, and so she goes to see her. This is a fucking great scene. That's oh, fantastic, isn't it? Um, he goes to see her, and, and she's played by Valerie Harper. Uh, and she's just quite funny because she's all like, is she, oh. is she, "Was she killing a lot?" I don't know. I don't think so. I might be wrong. Someone's definitely going to tell me I'm wrong. But yeah, she's really funny because she thinks he's a client. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's funny at first, and then actually, he—he's <laughs> actually quite a menacing fucker in oh, this scene as well. When he's sat in that big chair, and the other client comes in. And then she goes, this is my friend. He's about to leave. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm from the uh, LA police department. <laughs> oh, incidentally, my name's Lieutenant Colombo. I'm with oh, the police. And the so guy goes, and he goes, hey, and he's off. <laughs> and then she gets so cross that her real accent comes out, which I don't know if it's played for laughs, but it's quite funny. Well, no, this is the part I thought was quite menacing. Mm. Because, you know, just then I couldn't help but notice that your accent it changed a little bit into, uh, you know, I have a friend who's Hungarian, and uh, mm. sometimes that's her accent, the one you just had. And you know, I'm just wondering if maybe your name isn't really Mrs. Ba- because this is genuinely threatening someone. Mm. I Maybe your name's not Mrs. Babcock. Maybe it's something like, I don't know, Rigizi, Rigizi, something like that. And mm. so that's totally him threatening. They're going, I'll have you fucking deported if you don't tell me what I want to know. Yeah. And he, and he plays it lovely, because it's an edge. A lot of it is an edge to him that you don't see that much of. Yeah. Yeah, and we kind of, we kind of sort of established that Hanlon may have known that he was being recorded, that the bug was already there, but we haven't announced it yet. Yeah. So then he goes to go and check on the um, stadium, and this is just some of the best camera work in the episode. Yes, yeah, brilliant. Oh, the shot of him sat in the seats, and it's just this tiny dot of him in this massive fucking arena is just awesome. Yeah, and he but and the insane thing is we it's a zoom in. This is just the practical production side of things now. It's a zoom in. So we see a massive empty stadium. We mm. zoom in on him. And he's not just sitting there doing nothing. He's yeah. acting. Yeah. He's pointing at things. He's mm. in character thinking about it. Like I don't even know how, how you set a shot like that up back then. It'd be good if he did a little fart and then kind of waved it to, up to his face and was like, hmm. <laughs> But we wouldn't know what that was. No. <laughs> Thing is, that's no less of a clue than what sets him off in the first place. That's very true. It, what if he did a fart and it made a dingling noise and then he was like, ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. This shit smells like an ice cream sundae. Because then he walks around the stadium. We see the dingling's truck sitting there and he retraces how Hanlon might have got down there. He retraces his steps. Then he thinks, I'll go and check on another loose end. Were they actually going to go to Montreal that night? Oh, that evening. Which isn't that much of a loose end. Not really, no. Because he goes in the travel agent and says... Does Which, by the way, mm. this travel agent... Mm. Colombo always looks like LA. Except yeah. this bit where he walks with a travel agent that looks like a carry-on film. Looks he like looks like... Yeah. I just wanted to check. Well, did you have tickets for Dean Stockwell and Robert Cup going to fucking hell's bells? <laughs> If so, can I get, uh, can I get, you know, I've got some information. Would you, can you, would you like me to give you one? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like a Swiss chateau when he goes in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and also when he's talking to him, one guy's listening to a football match um, while he's getting the information from, they did book the tickets and just as he gets that, a cuckoo clock goes off. And Columbo's like, oh, I figured it out. Yeah. I love those moments. 
So then he goes to see Handen again in his box. Handen again is watching the game through his binoculars. And um, as he walks in, he says to him, I'm trying to watch this game. What is it? I like the way he says that. <laughs> and then he starts explaining to him, in his roundabout way, as he always does, you know, I was thinking about this, thinking about that. And he said, I was thinking about how when I came in to tell you that your friend was dead, you just turned the radio down a little bit. And then you turned it off. And then he does it again. He goes, you've done it again. I don't believe it. And he goes, Columbo, I'm going to throw you out on your ear. And then he says, I wouldn't do that, sure. I mean, yeah, you'll miss the best part. That's a nice bit. Because oh, also the other thing I do like about Columbo is it's mm. every episode starts with the trailer for the episode you're about to watch. Yeah, I don't like and that. And that's a, this. Mm. I zip past it, but yeah. I do. I can imagine in the seventies when when you had a choice to do that or go for a dingaling or whatever. Um, you would go, oh, I will watch this one. But that's mm. it is a cool line that is what they use in the trailer, which is, oh, don't do that, sir. You'll miss the best part. Yeah. And then he says, I've been thinking about this the wrong way. Instead of trying to find something on the tapes that was out of place. I should have been listening for something that wasn't there. And then he's like, well, get to it. What is it then? And he goes, you see, the phone call you made was pretty much at this exact same time a week ago. So he gets out of his doctor's bag that he's brought in, his trusty thermos of coffee and a tape recorder. And he plays the call back. And then Hanlon's like, well, what am I supposed to be listening for? And Columbo's like, shh, sir. And then the clock in his office, in his booth, dings and it wasn't on the tape so he can't have been in there when he made the second call and Hannah's like looks around a couple of times Columbo looks up at him and then he's like nah fuck yeah yeah and then he just goes well good luck putting this on in court can't mm. wait yeah yeah that's mm. what happens straight after mm. like I think any lawyer's just gonna go well what if he took the fucking batteries out that day mm. exactly what if the croc it wasn't working and he realised a day later it wasn't. Yeah. Columbo's like, ah, oh, fine, I don't even work here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a gotcha, it's fun, but it's not really as yeah. fun as many other ones. No, I and I think this is the thing, that this was, this is from a tradition of, of you know, like, was it, was it Raymond Chandler in the, the Big Sleep, actually one of the mm. murders in Seoul? Because the point isn't really to be a genuine puzzle. I think as, as crime things have gone on, especially legal things, we're much more sort of like, ah, the, the law says blah, blah, blah. Mm. Whereas these, it was just the sort of little confections. Yes. But in real, if this was made now, people were like, well, that's a bunch of shit. Yeah. As in fact, we are. Mm. But um, but you don't care because it's, it's a very satisfying end if you don't think about it at all. But also, that's the joy of this, is it's not made now, it's made then. And it, not only yeah. do you get a nice little murder mystery, but you also get L.A. in the early 70s, which is exactly, on its own yeah. as a character itself. And, yeah. And I wouldn't want it any other way. And that's why that's part of the joy of why this series is so much fun. Yeah, and I, I'm... Weirdly, for something I love, I'm not one of those people who's like, they can't redo Columbo now. I think there's a couple of people who would do a blind-in version of Columbo now. Mm. But I think... The charm that would be missing would be yeah that period. Well, obviously, it wasn't period then, but period to us now yeah. um, thing that would be gone. But maybe yeah. you could do a period Columbus in 1972. Yeah, but it would look terrible. Well, it'd be fucking expensive for all. Yeah. All telly looks terrible these days. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, anyway, um, hey Dan, one more question. Yeah. Uh, my wife loves television. What's your fave and least fave Columbo episodes? Uh, 
Uh, my favourite episode is, I think, probably the I can't remember what's bloody called it, the Ruth Gordon one, as oh, the uh, yeah, the, the Agatha Christie one. Yeah, because we've kind of gone back and forth for days about what I wanted to do, and I, yeah. that's my favourite episode. But it's a bit less typical than this one is, and I Try wanted to and start catch off me. on a typical. Try and catch me. Hmm. That's the one. I feel like that was on a weird loop in the late '80s. That's when every time I was ill, that's the Columba that was on. Hmm. She's amazing. It's uh, it's brilliantly played. It's it's quite heartfelt. Um, that's my favorite episode. Okay, what's your least favorite? Do you know what? I haven't really gone back. Th- I've never seen um, the 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 later nineties ones, hmm. which is what I'm going to do next. So. I am going to get back to you on that one. I think the least, my least favorite one is probably Last Salute of the Commodore that I've seen of those 70s yeah, ones. Yeah. But I have a feeling there's going to be ones in the 90s that I haven't seen yet that are going to annoy me way more. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, great. That, thank you very much, Dan. Oh, just one more question. See, I did that quite well then. <laughs> my wife's uncle is a big fan of modern television. If Columbo was on now, what would be your plot? Who would be the celeb murderer and what would you call the episode? Um, I would. I quite like it when you really hate the villain. Uh, mm. And sometimes that was, uh, there was, there was actors playing against type. Mm. It's like Dick Van Dyke played it and he was actually really, you know, lovely Dick Van Dyke played a horrible piece of work. Yeah, yeah. But let's not do that on this one. I would like to see someone that everyone already doesn't like. Mm. And when he gets arrested, it's even more satisfying. So I'm going to say, I would like James Corden right. to be the murderer. Yeah. Because nothing... First of all, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I think a lot of people would enjoy him getting his comeuppance. Yeah. And he would play a version of himself, a chat show host. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly... Almost the plot doesn't matter. No, sure. He, he could kill, I don't know, a producer or something like that. Someone who says no to him. Or like a rival chat show host on another network or something. Like, yeah. Like a kind of... Dave J. Leno situation. Yeah, so, yeah something mm. like that. Yeah, exactly that. That would mm. be great. Yeah. yeah. Or an executive, an executive who screwed him over. Yeah. Um, and it would just be, I don't know, Talk to Death or something. Mm. Oh, that's the name of the title. That would be, be the title there. Oh, Talk uh, to Death. Talk to Death. I like that very much. Or, or Chat Myself. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I've just chat myself. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the other chat your horse is dead, so it's just him now. Just Hence, him. Yeah. yeah, chat myself, have you? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, 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 Dan Thomas, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, and just one more thing. Um, thanks very much again for your time. <laughs> I just want to keep saying one more thing. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, but I will say goodbye. Um, thank you very much for being the very first guest on Columbod. Oh, it's been a pleasure, of course. Yeah. And I'll speak to you soon, I'm sure, because we're bound to come back again and talk about something else oh i thought so lovely goodbye bye i think i've got it uh it took me uh, a minute to connect with the word chick
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.